1: technical errors oh, about no um you know sometimes the internet is not a fan of things but uh we are back with another episode <laughs> episode 3 i think is correct this time of uh Phoenix Rising let's see if i don't screw up the movie this time um we'll be reviewing the movie sneakers this week from 1992 uh because of River Phoenix because that's what this whole month is about we're looking at the films of River Phoenix um, Mostly ones I've never seen, because I've never seen any of the five that we're reviewing. Uh, Corey, refresh my memory. Have you seen sneakers before?
0: No, but I did own it.
1: Okay, so this is one of the the few that we're watching this month that you have not seen. Um, I think there's only two, right? And everything else you've seen?
0: I'm pretty sure.
1: So um, we'll be getting into that a little later in the episode. But before we get into uh, our review of sneakers... We like to talk about what's been going on and what other films we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how's it going?
0: It's going. Is it Friday <laughs> Yes, <Yeah, it's... laughs>
1: Actually, fact, today it's wasn't Monday. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was having a pretty solid Monday until my college class tonight, and then we got um, the computer lab that I have as my classroom uh, mm-hmm. got new computers this week, um, which is a good thing, except. Uh, there's a glitch sometimes where we have to change our password like every couple of months for security reasons or whatever. Yeah. And it wouldn't let me, like, it would would tell me I need to change my password. I would type in my new password, and then it wouldn't be able to, like, complete the process. And so, like, I'm panicking. I can't get into the computer to teach the class. And so, like, I'm trying to get, there is, like, a general login instead of our personal login, and nobody in the building knew the password to the general login.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. So that's useless.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, like, panicking. I'm, like, okay, okay, okay. And then I realized that all the student computers are automatically logged in and I can go to the browser, log into my email for the school there, and that would prompt the password change and it would work there. So that's what I ended up doing. But I went through like 15 minutes of like anxiety, not realizing that I could simply just do that. Um, and once it clicked, it was like quick solution. But I was like sh- panic mode because I'm like, I know I'm, I'm early to everything. Like that's kind of my thing is I get to any place I'm supposed to be, usually five to 10 minutes early. I can't help it. It's like an obsessive thing for me.
0: That's a that's um, impressive.
1: It, it is and isn't because it's usually a waste of time because I'm there so early that I can't do anything else except for wait for the start of something, you know? Um, okay. Not always. Sometimes I can multitask, but other times it is like just, okay, why are you here five minutes early when you can't do anything? But um, for my classes, it, it lets the students come in a little early and they can get situated and it gives me time to get ready because – I, I literally walk into a classroom that is used by I don't know how many professors throughout the day, but you know, it's not my room, it's not my stuff, so I have to log in, I have to let it load up and I have to you know get the projector turned on and all that. So today was like super like I was like, This isn't like a Monday at all. And then I hit I'm like, There's the Monday. I was wondering where you, you were, can't
0: cause... say stuff like that because the universe takes that as a challenge.
1: Mm probably not wrong and i definitely felt (laughs) that way this afternoon but it again it all worked out but for like and i still got the whole lesson knocked out despite the loss of 15 minutes um but yeah it it was it was stress inducing and then i felt bad i had a um a student in my class email me um that i didn't i didn't see until like she was already there uh and that her babysitter fell through but she really didn't want to miss class so she was asking if she could bring like her six-year-old class which honestly i had no real problem with but then i found out that it's not allowed um what after yeah after i allowed that um uh, it's probably like i didn't get i didn't get into why because i am a rule follower so when i was told that i can't do that i was like okay no problem won't do it i
0: need i need to know why so i remember though
1: i'm guessing and i'm only assuming that it has something to do with liability um like insurance and who we can cover and whatnot um it might have some other things, uh, potential disruptions. It could be someone else complained in the past, and thus it became a policy. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I, I do. I feel bad because like I couldn't even tell. At the point when I was able to answer the student, the student was already there with their kid. Um, but I got to say, six-year-old, super well-behaved, great kid, um, no no issues. And I know I'm boring, uh, in especially to a six-year-old, because it's just like, watch me do the thing and then you do the thing on your computer but she's not doing that she's just having to listen to me drone on about you know access uh, which is a Microsoft Office program that nobody uses in the practical world but Microsoft requires it in this class Um, it is a good introduction to database design but it is not a program that any database designer to my knowledge actually uses so it is what it is but um, yeah that's that was my uh, Monday but Otherwise, I've had, um, it's been mostly good. Uh, I took my wife to a concert, um, on Friday night that, uh, a Christian artist that she's a big fan of named Zach Williams. Um, not really my, my scene. And Corey, you know, I'm kind of like socially awkward. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things I've never enjoyed at church, uh, is the, the part where they tell you to like stand up and shake people's hands. Um, and I especially don't like it right now when the Do coronavirus. Do they know about the coronavirus? <laughs> right, um, and so he—it's a concert, right? And I'd already been soured by a uh, a sales pitch of sorts um, an intermission because they they have to like try to get you to feel guilty about having any money at all, even though you know logistically I I don't have any money, and that's the the whole challenge. But um, after feeling a little dejected by that, and then uh like after two songs from zach williams he's like all right everybody stand up and shake someone's hand because we're in church and i'm just like well you just set off all my socially uncomfortable alarms and now i'm gonna sit here awkwardly and try to look at the floor and hope nobody tries to you shake should have hand. yelled coronavirus well kathy did what kathy does because she knows me very well so she's super social but the, the girl who is sitting next to us uh tried to get I get my, get my attention, but I did I literally did not notice because I was truthfully staring at the ground and hoping no one tried to talk to me. <laughs> don't make um, eye contact. <laughs> I was I wasn't even standing up. Like everyone else was standing up, I st- I stayed sitting because I that you, he literally triggered like my I'm not okay with this alarm, you know. And <laughs> no, um, you did it. I've done this. It, I've shut down like that a few times. I I don't. I'm okay with a social introduction in a normal sense. I've never enjoyed being told I have to do that because it never feels genuine afterwards to me. Like I, I clearly didn't want to talk to you cause I've been sitting next to you for 45 minutes and we have not spoken, but now I'm talking to you. That's I don't well, like that. You know?
0: Also, I feel like treat other people how you want to be treated. I don't want random people just talking to me. Maybe I like being quiet.
1: I, that's I don't mind a conversation, eh. but generally speaking, but generally speaking, I, I am one to keep to myself. Um, unless you bring up a topic that i just have to talk about movies being one that is a i i have jumped into way too many conversations because i overhear someone say something about a movie i'm like well let me tell you more information than you've ever wanted to know about that movie. (laughs) love it but um but yeah that that was friday it was it was okay um uh, i don't remember the names of the first two bands but the second band actually like i kind of vibed their music a bit it was um the drummer was insanely good. Uh it's like we the kings or something like that. And man, the drummer was like off the chain, like enthusiastic. He was very innovative. His set was very unique, like setup. And at one point they did like this acoustic kind of like folky thing where they were all singing into this one old timey microphone. It's like a five piece band. Mm-hmm. And he broke out this acoustic guitar that had been modified. It had no neck. It had uh pickups in the the, the hole for the guitar and he was using it as like a bongo drum essentially. And it was really, really rad. Like, and he had a, it was a, hooked up to an effect pedal that was basically like a kick drum, um, that he was like, kind of like a wah effect, but it was with, with it, it would do a type of kick. I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was really cool. Um, so while I didn't enjoy the entire concert, and again, I was made to feel very uncomfortable uh, towards the end, um, uh, I did like that element because I was like, man, this drummer is like legit. So. Um, I think it's We the Kings. If, if I might be wrong, it might be something like that. It's We the something. Really popular Christian band, apparently. Uh wife's a big fan of this stuff, so um Well that's pretty much my week. I you know, I, I saw a bunch of movies, which we'll get into momentarily. Um what about you? Anything cool? Did you go to any concerts like you are want to do? Mm,
0: no. I'm trying to well, I bought tickets to the national, but that's not until July. Mm. Can Made I, can up I bring up? A- what? Sorry. Uh,
1: well, yeah, actually, oh, is the national a band? I assume that was like a, a specific concert. No, um, that's
0: the band. The oh, national. okay.
1: Well, because I saw a tweet. I think it was a tweet that you posted yesterday or the day before about a, another made-up band of yours, uh, mayonnaise the mayo or something like that. Am oh
0: I- no! The, so, it, oh god, it's, I get to. Well, maybe. So a couple years ago, Bill and I bought tickets to see the Smashing Pumpkins. For our anniversary. They were coming like days before or after our anniversary. So we got tickets. So effing pumped. Last time they came here, it was probably like seven or eight or nine years ago. And they were at the Knitting Factory and it sold out. So they were coming to a much bigger venue. Uh, I can't remember. It's like one of our very large venues. Well, they didn't even say anything to anyone. They just canceled the show. Oh wow! No emails, nothing on any social media, nothing. They just, all, I just, I was like, "What is this refund?" You know, we spent way too much money on those damn tickets, anyways. But you know, um, it, it, it's Smashing Pumpkins, and I think that it was like a they, it was a them playing a song live. And my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song is "Mayonnaise."
1: Oh, okay. So there and wasn't a band this time.
0: No, it's Smashing Pumpkins. So I that just is. really hope that they play "Mayonnaise" because that's always been my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song. But no, not a made-up band.
1: <laughs> what? Um, what? Which album is "The Mayonnaise" on?
0: Oh, Jesus! Is that Siamese Dream? I'm so bad oh, with.
1: Okay. I see. I know that album. I'm bad with song names, anyways. Same. Um, m- mostly because I'm listening. I'm not always looking at the. Especially now, I never look because I'm like There's- driving it. When I listen to most music now, yeah, it's Simi stream. Um, see, I I know today from that that album, which was obviously a big single, but is we used to play it in bands. No, that's on the uh the um the follow up album, which is the double album that I for some reason cannot think of the name of. That had oh on yeah!
0: It. Oh my god! Now melancholy it's and on, the infinite
1: sadness. That's it. That is the name of it. That's such a um, good album,
0: dude. They I liked everything through Ava adore, and then they made machina or is it machina i don't know
1: I I, I I don't like anything after uh melancholy and the infinite sadness they went very weird and like they're they got too melodic for my taste especially back then i might like it more now honestly because i i am into i still don't like slow music um oh, I love i'm very door. very very heavy uh like up tempo music is kind of my thing and that's true for most of the genres that i listen to and i listen to especially now a variety of genres but very few, like, ballad stuff or uh, mellow stuff ever clicks for me. I like up-tempo, quick music. Um, I don't, more often, like, not always, but a lot of times.
0: And I don't always, like... I don't listen to a lot of music without lyrics. It just doesn't really do much for me. If there's, like, a random song on an album, I'm fine sometimes. But as far as, like, people who can just listen to... lyrics I can't do that
1: oh yeah I definitely can't do that I can a little more live uh when we when we went and saw 21 Pilots uh the band before them was called Mute Math and um they're much more instrumental than I would normally listen to I really like them live and then when I went to like listen to them like afterwards I was like nope it was a live thing I don't like their albums (laughs) but um now that I dislike the albums I just can't sit and listen to it but I really liked them live I thought it was really cool uh at the show but the albums have not clicked for me um at least not in the a few attempts that i tried but um i'm ready i want to get into what we've been watching because i also i've watched some tv which i don't always do what Um, i yeah i've been uh, on the treadmill i've been hitting up hulu a little bit more um which i'm using for both documentaries viewing a treadmill i'm using for documentary viewings in pieces and then uh some tv series which i was sad because i finished one and i was i didn't realize i finished it until after i went to like i went to keep watching it and found out it was done i was like oh um, uh, what? So it didn't wrap up well? I. Oh no! It's uh, there's one more season left, but it's not fully available oh, yet. Oh, I see. What you so, mean. yeah, yeah. I I thought I had more left in season three than I than I did, uh, and I I was like I thought I was halfway through and I was done, and I was like oh, um, yes. yeah. But let's uh let's get into that. You want to go first or second?
0: Um, I'll go first. I have less, I'm sure. I watched Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Into Darkness. Crimson Peak, which, that's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie, Fight Me. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Westworld. Um, Uh, I've heard that's good. It's intense. In the first episode, I was like, "Uh uh-huh. You know. And then, of course, Unsolved Mysteries. I didn't go to the movies this week. Oh. I probably won't go until Thursday. Sometimes we go, but Bill didn't want to go Sunday.
1: Well? So I watched um, All the Bright Places, which I mentioned last week because I realized who the director was. It's the director from Hearts Beat Loud and The Hero, uh, Brett Haley. It's the new Netflix original film that stars Elle Fanny and Justice Smith. It is based on oh, a yeah. young adult novel. Um, I liked it quite a bit. It, it's not uh, it's not nearly as good as Hearts Beat Loud or The Hero, but um, the performances are really strong. I actually was into the story, and um, he manages to put optimistic hopefulness in any movie, even if the topics are really sad, like the hero is really sad, but there's like this level of optimism and hopefulness that comes out of it. Hearts beat loud. The guy's selling his records or changing his career. His daughter's moving away and he still the mourns his dead wife. Yeah. And he still mourns his dead wife. And yet there's an optimism, hopefulness to it. Like he's so good at this. Um, And and this movie, I don't even want like all I'll say is how it starts. The opening sequence is l Fanning's character standing on the ledge of a bridge apparently about to kill herself justice smith is running you know, he's jogging in the morning and sees this girl standing on the edge of a bridge alone in the middle like early early morning so he walks up to her and is like hey what you doing like trying to be chill and she like turns around and he recognizes her from school and that's and then he stands up on the ledge with her like to like support and then they you know cut to the ne- like uh, the next day at high school or later that day, it's it's never really clear how long that moment went. But now they have this weird bond and then, like this friendship starts to form, and it's it was just super compelling because again it starts at such a dark place, right? And like questions of why is she trying to kill herself, what's going on with her, and um, the answers that you come up with it, it deals with a lot of sad topics, but it still has this level of optimism and hopefulness. That I think Haley has really like honed in on and I think it's is really great. I'm not trying to review it long win, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't necessarily think it's a perfect film, but I definitely think it's a it's worth everyone's time. And it's on I Netflix, so give it a watch.
0: Don't want mean to interrupt you, but there's just something about those movies. I can't remember the name of that um Ben Foster movie that we watched where he was a veteran.
1: Leave no trace.
0: Yeah, like I I feel like sometimes we just really need that.
1: Right. Yeah. um, And that's how I feel like hearts be loud. Sometimes it's, it is a hundred percent, a comfort movie for me at this point. Like I throw it on. It's something I really relate to. It makes me cry, but it's like a cathartic cry. Like I feel better afterwards and I, I enjoy so much of that movie. Um, And honestly, when I watched the hero, um, I'd heard mixed things about it and I watched it on a Sunday morning uh, alone. Like no, everyone was like, I think Kathy was out somewhere in Taylor. I think it stayed the night at her friend's house or something. I was completely alone had coffee and I just like totally like was sucked into that film and was really in it and enjoyed it um and I, I just really vibe with Brett Haleys style and again um, all the bright places it's it's not perfect but it's definitely very enjoyable and I, I again I, I love that level of optimism that he's able to put in his films because we like you said sometimes we just need that uh, there's so much nihilistic and, and cynical stuff out there. Um, having this film that, that, looks at these serious topics and, and it doesn't mock them or anything like that. It's not that he doesn't take them seriously, but he's able to pull the goodness that can come from such a tragic type situation. And it's like a reminder that no matter how dark times get, we can get past them. And I, I think, again, we really need that. Like, especially we're surrounded by coronavirus. So we're literally, you know, things are being shut down South by Southwest. This major festival was canceled. Uh... Um, and it's going to be hugely detrimental because they do not have insurance to cover the cost of everything they've already spent. And it was supposed to start, like, in a week. Like, it's a big deal that it's canceled. And so, yeah, right now it's, things look bleak. We're starting to look like horror movies all of a sudden, you know. Um, I, I keep, like, flashing back to all the post-apocalyptic films I've had, in, I've seen in my life and just like, oh, God, no. Um,
0: <laughs> you guys can come to Idaho. We'll go, we're going up to the mountains. We have a plan.
1: I don't think I would survive in the.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would.
1: That's, that's my problem. I need like a, a bunker with a bunch of movies and a good internet service. Um,
0: if the world is ending and there's no electricity, you are not going to watch movies anyway.
1: You're... That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to make it, Corey. I can't <laughs> do.
0: That. You're coming up to Idaho, and we're going to the mountains.
1: <laughs> well, so let's continue with my current viewing history. Uh, I went and saw Onward. Uh, I, I want to see that. Though i loved it I don't understand a lot of the hate that it's getting and, and even if it's not getting like full hate it's getting this like kind of indifferent like it's it's sub Pixar and I feel like it might be nerd hate because it is very much a dD campaign and if you're not into like fantasy like elves and dragons and stuff like that I could see you just being checked out from it right away and for me it just uh, and I'm not a DD player so like I'm not sitting here as like a big I've, I've tried to play dD and several times and none of my my groups have ever actually stuck it out to actually do a campaign so the most i've ever gotten is the creation of my character and i think we played like a sample battle once and so i'm not like some big advocate for dnd D- D- D. i love the idea of it and i do love fantasy games I, I played world of warcraft for a really long time and so for the for me this world felt familiar and i i clicked with it um i i thought the voice acting was really solid i i like the animation in it like I, it's pixar to me it just looks good i didn't see anything that i thought was bad um i don't necessarily think it's revolutionary or anything like that, but i i clicked and it made me cry twice which is what i look for in a pixar film is can can it hit an emotional string naturally and it did it, And a couple of times it got me like where i was like oh boy oh boy uh but really 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 liked onward um and i think i'm going to bat for it more because i'm seeing the indifferent reviews and that always tends to put well, me on the defensive
0: so i have a question i'm super pumped for onward Like, Mm -hmm. I really want to go see it, but I'm waiting for my nephew to get home because we're going to take him and he's the cutest. But, like, to me, The Good Dinosaur was a subpar Pixar movie.
1: That is one of the only Pixar films I've never seen um, because I heard that. And I I will watch it, especially it's on Disney Plus, so I can watch it pretty much whenever I want to. Um, I mean, I know that it's like the studio or whatever that does it, but to me, that should have just been a
0: Disney movie
1: maybe um and i've not seen cars 2 uh which i definitely feel is is generally considered to be a bad movie um i did like cars 1 and 3 uh, i never saw planes or planes fire and rescue which are both like they feel like they should have been straight to dvd pixar films but they are not um but they are from the cars universe so there's a trend there and then um I don't dislike any other Pixar movie that I can think of. Like, I, I do think there are clear, like the best of, I think up. any of the toy story <laughs> movies is in the best of, I think up is deserving of the best of, I think in and out uh, inside out is, is that right? That's the name of that yeah, one. Right? Uh, that one's fantastic. Um, I I love finding Nemo. I love monsters Inc. Uh, for me, those are a little lower down on the list. Um, I think both of the sequels are fine. Uh, I, I think finding Dory is better than monsters. University. Um, I love the Incredibles and Incredibles 2. Like, I I don't know that there has to be a, a best. I mean, to me, Toy Stories are the best. I love all four and um they really, really click with me and they hit I grew literally have grown up with those movies, and I feel like they have been adjusted to fit where I'm at in my life. Like the number four is very much about being a parent and having to let go of your child kind of thing. It totally clicks with me right now. So like it just There's a personal connection, but yeah, I I think Onward is deserving of higher praise than it's getting. Um, I do think it is, uh, if you aren't into fantasy, it could be a good introduction to fantasy. Um, And I kind of like what it's saying about our world. Um, But yeah, I saw Onward on Thursday. Then uh, my wife surprised me because she really just wanted to go see a movie on Saturday, which she doesn't always want to do. And I was even more pleasantly surprised because she found out that Emma was playing in a, a... close theater like a 45 minute away theater so we made a day of it we went and saw it um it's good um i i will tell you this Corey. i've learned about myself movies uh (laughs) that are set in this era are not something i'm very into and often it's because i don't fully understand everything they're talking about because i just don't know victorian period piece very well like i don't get the a lot of the terminology i don't get a lot of what they're referencing um and The only reason I fully understood what was happening with this movie is because I've seen clueless like a hundred times.
0: Yes. Um,
1: And so I like, once I I remembered partway in like, Oh yeah. Clueless is based on the, the Jane Austen book, Emma, which I've never read, but I've seen clueless a lot. And once I started making the connections of like, Oh, well, Emma's clearly share duh and then I start (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is that person. This is Paul Rudd's character. This is this. Once I had that, even when I didn't understand what was being said, I knew what was happening because I knew clueless. Like that was literally what made this movie tolerable for me more than anything. And I love Anya Taylor joy. I think she's great. I and like She's her a very lot. good in this. I love Bill Nighy and he is mm. super funny in this movie, um, which he plays her dad and he's, he's just great. Uh, and I kept thinking, I was very much comparing every scene to like clueless. I'm like, okay, so this is like that one moment. Um, but uh, yeah I, I don't know if I would have had a clue what was going on if I didn't make that connection immediately um I did enjoy it though but I, I didn't I didn't love it and I did it felt a little long like there's a couple times where I could have probably closed my eyes and taken a nap um but yeah overall not bad um then uh that night I because of uh blank check podcast that I've been keeping up with they're finishing the Jonathan Demme series there's two more movies left uh, well there was. Um, now there's just one but i had to watch a movie you bought me for christmas a master builder Um, so uh truth i only asked for that movie because i knew they were doing the jonathan demme series and it was apparently the only way to get it was on criterion so i was like hey there you go i'll go ahead and snag that um i did not do any research into it but while sean uh, wrote it it's considered to be part of the trilogy of um my Dinner with Andre, and then there's another movie in the middle. It's the same writers. Uh, it's Wallace Shawn and his buddy Andre Gregory. Um, and apparently there's a Criterion set where they sell all three movies together. Which I didn't know. I would have probably asked for that. Uh, although it probably way too expensive. But, um, so Master Builder's weird as crap. And it's like two... Oh, I didn't realize how long it was. It was two hours and ten minutes um, of almost non-stop dialogue. Like in... Three rooms it is a play that was adapted um it's weird uh if you like wallace sean there's good moments because he's 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 got even when he's not being funny there's this like element of him that i can't get past i always just hear him saying inconceivable in my head <laughs> yeah. and um, as soon
0: as you said his name
1: <laughs> yeah and of course uh he is the teacher in clueless so that was like a weird <laughs> connection because i watched emma and then i watched a master builder um but uh it's not good it's oh not very no! Good. Um,
0: Isn't that so disappointing?
1: A, At a least
0: it was a gift, and you didn't buy it yourself.
1: True, I I don't I I don't know if I'll ever I I have to say though I listened to the blank check episode is a really good episode. Um, uh, John Hodgman is their guest on that episode when they were talking about it, and it's very fun. Um, I will say I I had a deeper take on it than they went in because I I was pondering if he's supposed to be like a god surrogate. Um. And so if the movie with that lens on it, it's it's far more intriguing, I think, if, if you reevaluate. It. So I'm actually tempted to rewatch it solely to, to like really break it down in that that lens. But at the same time, it's two hours of just incessant dialogue that isn't like it's not like super compelling dialogue. It's just like, oh, my God, I get it, dude. Let's move on. Um, but then uh, Sunday I went and saw the new Ben Affleck movie The Way Back, um, which uh, is it kind of parallels his life. Um, ben Affleck was, uh, went to rehab for alcohol, I believe maybe other things too, but definitely alcohol was part of it. And so this movie is about an alcoholic who finds a way of getting um, out of it through coaching his uh, high school basketball team that he used to play for. And that was kind of like the best moment of his life kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's weird because it has a lot of script problems, I think, um, or at least it goes, I, I tried to, to, instead of just pointing out what I consider to be like flaws, and then what it should have done. I tried to like, well, why would they do it this way? You know, I tried to approach it that way. Because the movie's really, really easy to watch. Like, I was not bored at all. I was very hooked into it. Affleck's really good in it. Uh, the basketball stuff, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for an underdog story. And it's a very predictable underdog story. You know, it's like the team's not very good. New coach, maybe he can make them winners. Guess what? Um, It's kind of predictable. But at the same time, I love like the Mighty Ducks. And I love Um, I love cool runnings. I love Eddie, the Eagle. I love Rocky, which is not fair to compare it to those movies, but nonetheless, um, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into these kind of, uh, underdog type stories. I mean, ladybugs, like there's so many sports movies that follow into this almost exact formula. And this one's a little more on the dramatic side because of the alcoholism. But, um, if you were, when you look at parts of it though, it does feel kind of messy and, um, ill-structured. Uh, it's like for a, a big chunk of the movie, it does seem to imply that you could just stop drinking whenever you want, um, no matter how heavy of an alcoholic you are. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not how alcoholism works. It's not, you can't just turn it off because like, Hey, I found something better. Like, um, unless it's like, you know, a deeper addiction, which is not what's in again, what it shows. And um, despite that though, I did find it very, very watchable, easy to enjoy and thus worth your time. Then I watched sneakers last night um, and the two shows that I, I was watching, um, I watched all of season three of The Good Place, which is uh, one of my favorite shows on TV right now. And season four is about to conclude. So hopefully it'll be in it. Uh, you can watch it on Hulu. but I guess Hulu like pulls episodes after so long. So like it's only got episodes like eight through whatever they're up to right now. So I can't jump into season four at like episode eight. So I have to wait till they re-release all of it. And so that was one I was bummed on because I, I thought I was halfway. I was on episode 12, finished episode 12. I was like, cool. I'm probably about halfway through the season and went to watch episode 13 to find out there was only 12 episodes in season three. And so now I have to wait till season four comes out to finish the series. But season four is the series finale of The Good Place. Such a great show. And then um, I uh, started watching this show called Dave. Uh, have you heard of Dave, Corey? no. So it's a new FX show, uh, which Hulu has teamed up with FX now because Disney owns FX. And um, it is uh, about a rapper, a YouTube rapper named Little Dicky. Have you heard of Little Dicky?
0: That sounds familiar. He,
1: uh, he's, he got really big with a song called Earth, where it's like it's, he got a bunch of artists, like every major artist that's currently working, basically, um, to be on the song. Like, I mean, Halsey's on it and... That's the only name that's going to come to mind. There's a bunch of people. Ariana Grande. It's like everybody. And uh, he's like kind of a comedic rapper, but he's really, really talented, which I um, I didn't realize it until after I watched his two episodes of the show that's currently out. And I went to like listen to his stuff because I was like, I really like the show. That I was like, wait a minute. I love this song. I, there's a song called Molly with uh, Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco that I it came up on like a station I had with rap music a while back. And I was like, this song's great. Didn't pay attention to who it was until now. And I'm like, okay, wait, I actually did like this guy before I saw the show, but Dave is his real name. Uh, and the show is about him kind of trying to, to be both Dave and little Dicky. And it's super weird. It's super funny. Um, I, the first two episodes are fantastic. I really, really like the show. If you have Hulu or if you have FX uh, access, I say, check it out, especially if you are already a fan of the rapper. Cause man, why not? But it's um it's super it's super good. I got to say it's like it's genuinely like laugh out loud funny. Like there was a part that happened while I was on the treadmill watching episode 2 and I laughed way too loud. Like I'm sure someone in the gym was like what's up with that guy cuz I I could not help it. Um man, it's so funny. Uh really want to recommend that show. Um I saw a, a trailer for it before um the uh, movies uh, before I saw the Invisible Man, actually, it was like in the not in the trailers, but like you know they have the commercials before the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in one of those, and I was like, I didn't know anything about this. And uh, Sean Big Tuna uh, watched it and was like, this show is really funny. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it a go. Why not? And I loved it. So yeah, uh, definitely recommending Dave. All right, that's all I've been watching. That was longer than I meant it to be. I apologize.
0: I need to jump in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you saw or any of our listeners, but I'm very pumped that in May, on May 2nd... Nope, May 3rd, 4th, and 6th, they're doing a 25th anniversary event for Clueless.
1: Oh, I did not see that.
0: Yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for that, and I thought
1: I would share. Is it so Fathom? Yep. Interesting. So 25th anniversary, You did you say when?
0: Yeah, May 3rd, 4th, and 6th. Which they usually only do two. They do the Sunday mm-hmm. and the Wednesday, but they going all out for Clueless.
1: I think for the uh, the anniversaries, they sometimes will do a little more. I'm hoping it's <clears> going to be happening close to me. Let's see. Yep, it'll be in Lakeland.
0: Yay.
1: So yeah, definitely want to see that. Um, I feel like those dates might conflict with something Uh, may 4th is weird because that is a star wars day if anything but um yeah i have to go the 6th but yeah um, i'm gonna try to go that sunday
0: what i felt like i had something else to say my friend has never seen this movie so
1: clueless really yeah i'm making her go i showed it um to my yearbook class i think last year after we finished the yearbook we always watch a film um Mm -hmm. and that was the one i picked for some reason last year um i mean it's great but i i I don't know why i picked i think it was last maybe it was two years ago yeah it was two years ago but still um they were talking about it the other day because we're getting ready to finish our yearbooks due uh this week so we've got a, a party week coming up next week so let's get into the stats of our movie of the week sneakers Sneakers is from 1992. Uh, the IMDb plot summary reads, a security pro finds his past coming back to haunt him when he and his unique team are tasked with retrieving a particularly important item. Has a 65 Metascore, 7.1 IMDb user score. Stars the endlessly watchable Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, um, Joe Marr, I guess. He's not really like, in it very much. Um, David Strathairn. Uh, River Phoenix, of course, which is why we picked this movie. Um, Bodie Elfman, which doesn't seem as significant. How come the female is not billed higher? Hold on a second. What's up with that? Eddie Jones, Timothy Busfield. Um, there we go. Mary McDonald. Uh, and then... Oh, I knew I recognized him. Donald Logue is in this movie. Um, but... Uh, sorry. Sorry. I just got a text that I had to respond to. Um, uh, but there's another actor whose name I'm going to leave off because it, I saw it before I watched the whole movie and it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, and so I was kind of like, I I wasn't super frustrated because this movie is pretty old, but I was like, okay, well accidentally learned something about this film that I didn't know otherwise. Um, phil alden robinson is the director who i've never heard of uh which does not mean anything of course um looks like he had a pretty good writing career but let's see man my phone is blowing up um good lord uh he directed a few other things uh field of dreams obviously very good then he did the sum of all fears with ben affleck and morgan freeman which is generally not liked. so he hasn't done a whole lot um but sneakers uh i had never seen i knew very little about um I actually confused it with another movie. And also, I kept thinking it was way older than it is. Like, I kept thinking it was from the 70s, I think, because of Redford's attachment to it. Um, and I couldn't couldn't put that together because I'm like, Dan Aykroyd wouldn't have been in a movie in the 70s. Or uh, River Phoenix. A... <laughs> or River Phoenix. That's <laughs> he about... was born Very in 70. Point. Really good point. The um... <laughs>
0: whole oh, reason we're doing this month.
1: <laughs> but still, I think the the thoughts of this film was, like, older. You know what I'm saying? like not, oh, yeah. Not from when we picked it. Just in my head, I was thinking it was, like, way older. But yeah. Um, but uh, what we do, listeners, if you're new, um, we uh start with kind of like a spoiler-free review, and then we will jump into spoilers with a good warning in front of it. So, Corey, what was your uh, initial take on sneakers?
0: It was long-winded. <laughs> I feel like
1: <laughs> it's a little long. Two hours and six minutes. It's not. Too yeah, long.
0: I felt like it was a little long. I didn't. Maybe <sighs> it wasn't my favorite. I it was fine like I am not compelled to go back and watch
1: this well for one it's definitely not one of River's leading roles uh he's a I wouldn't even call him a tertiary character he's he's way down on the list um he gets some good scenes and he is it's not like he's just a cameo or anything he he is a major player in the group but he is the kid so he is delegated to like backstory and side jobs Um, I would say Redford is the clear lead without any hesitation. Sidney Poitier, I would say, is like his his second in command with um, Aykroyd being kind of an obnoxious conspiracy theorist character, which I mean, man, it's funny because, well, in 1992, I wouldn't have thought conspiracies to be so rampant um, as they are now because there was no spreading of the Internet. You know, I feel Um, like
0: it might have been worse
1: because people
0: couldn't do any research.
1: Oh, I don't know, Corey. Have you ever watched the conspiracy stuff on YouTube? Like people, uh, the research they do is not accurate. They look into weird places, <laughs> like oh my and also, god. A lot of it is jumping to conclusions. Um, and so research is a strong phrase because it's like a lot of their quote unquote research is like half baked ideas. Like oh, well, the government never explained this. It's like yeah, but that doesn't mean it's this either. You know, like just because it's not explained to be a doesn't make it b. Like you know, um it's one of those big leaps in logic that people take. I don't know. I
0: I think about like cults and I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm not saying some of the conspiracies aren't possible. I'm just saying it's a big leap to go from. It could be to it is. And a lot of times conspiracy theorists go with, it is way too quickly. And this character is definitely that. And Sidney Poitier, he can't stand mother, um, which I don't get the nickname for mother either, by the way, but, um, uh, it was also weird that one of the characters is blind. Um, there's a lot of weird humor built from it, and it's David Theron is not blind, so he's playing a blind guy, which is probably fine. But... Uh, I kind of loved some of the
0: details with
1: that, though. Yes. Yeah. I, I enjoyed a lot of the, the film, because it is, like, a weird... It's not really a spy movie, but there's definitely, like, spy elements, because they're, they're a surveillance crew. Um, you know, it starts uh, in college. We see... Um, Bishop, who's Robert Redford's character, and his partner Cosmo are hacking into things and, like, they're transferring money from one place to another. Um, Like, just screwing with the system. Uh, Bishop steps outside to order a pizza, to go pick up a pizza, sorry, after losing a coin toss uh, to Cosmo. He thinks. Yeah, he thinks. And then Cosmo uh, gets arrested um, and Bishop witnesses it but runs because that's what one would do if they are afraid of going to down. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, he we're told that Cosmo was killed in prison, um, by Bishop, and that uh, he's basically uh, gone very sh- like straight. But he's so good at being able to like hack into and break into stuff that th- his company, which is full of like criminals or CIA or whatever, um, that's they get hired by companies to basically rob them and then show them how to fix their security. That's what looks like a heist movie, because we see them doing this big bank ro- robbery thing, and we watch them execute, but then the next day we see him giving the money to the bank and explaining what they did wrong, and you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So they're like the good guys who could be bad guys if they were forced to use their powers for evil. Um, and Redford's great in this type of role. Uh, if you've seen Old Man and the Gun, um, oh, so or good. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, which is his iconic role that obviously he's named the uh, Sundance Film Festival after. Um, it he he's just great. He's charming. Um, I I don't know. I really like Redford. I did uh, kind of agree with you. It did feel like I'm like, can we chop twenty minutes off of this? Like at this point, I
0: think easily they could have because uh, I don't need you to show me all the motions.
1: Yeah, it it, it really it kind of goes heavy handed into the uh the heisty elements. Um, there's there's some stuff with a few characters that feels like we could probably chop a scene and we would still get the same dynamic between characters and stuff. Um, I liked, uh, Liz, um, and Oh, another actor who didn't pop up fast enough. Where is he at? Where's he at? I always forget his name, but I'm very familiar with there he is. Steven Tobolowsky, uh, shows up in this film and I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I especially love him in groundhog day. Um, he's good. And, uh, he's always kind of like a he's usually a character actor who shows up in a role of an obnoxious character or a villainous character. Like he shows up in Silicon Valley, I think season three or four. And he's like the replacement, like villain character for the, for that season. Um, in Groundhog Day, he's uh, Ned Ryerson and he's the insurance salesman who meets Bill Murray on the sidewalk and tries to like sell him insurance. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? You know, like, I don't know how much of oh, a Groundhog yeah. Day fan. I'm a big Groundhog Day fan. Yeah, he's one of the most quotable characters from Groundhog Day. Like my, my friends, we all like drop the uh Bing, like it's it's a it's a favorite of ours. So I'm a big fan of his. So I was excited when I saw him show up. Although he's not great and it's not that he's bad. It's, like the character is not really it's it goes on too long, I think. The date with him and Liz and it 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 goes on way longer than it felt like it needed to. Like we get it. Like kind of what you're saying, there are things that we can get without having to see every step along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if the steps don't feel vital or like they try to make it feel like there's going to be some kind of conflict and then it kind of fizzles out and it's nothing. It's just like wasting our time. Yep. So, um, I liked it a little more than Corey. I think, um, I, I didn't love it. Uh, and again, since this, we we're watching this more for River Phoenix, it did feel I was like, well, this isn't the best pick for a River Phoenix month. But like Anton Yelchin last month, we, we only have so many of his films to choose from, um, partly one, because you've seen a lot of them. And two, uh, we already did uh, My Own Private Idaho, so neither of us could do that one, which is one of his bigger films. And so, you know, this one was just it was kind of a filler episode, I guess, in that way.
0: Yeah, and there I right now I can't remember the name of it, but there is one of his movies and we've talked about it before that I really want to see and they didn't even it wasn't even like complete before he passed away. So they um released it after he had already died, but it's not they printed it on DVD, but it's like impossible to get a hold of and it's really expensive if you find a used copy and I really hate when that happens um, because it's not like, and there's been one episode that we have watched the movie on YouTube because we legitimately could not get a hold of a movie. And at some point, it's like, well, even if I do buy this movie, really expensive, that's a really expensive used. It's not like the people who made it are getting that money.
1: True. Yeah. So, um, and we don't we don't encourage that, mind you. But um, you know, we've know only that done that we- one time. And I know even the Blank Check podcast, which is a much more, I would say, reputable and funded podcast than our own, um, they have done that with, um, I'm going to forget what movie it was, but it was a musical that, uh, oh man, um, it was after Broadcast News, uh, it was that director whose name is not going to come to me all of a sudden, um, but there's a musical he did with Albert Brooks that is like impossible to find one of the versions of, because there was like two cuts of it for some reason and so they went bootleg for that because there was no other way to to see it so um it was dark blood what's the name
0: of that movie and i think it's a
1: western oh interesting yeah but yeah yeah and it
0: wasn't it the final it was his final film and it was released after 18 years it was like really held up yeah
1: well i have to say though before we get into spoilers um I kind of went into River Phoenix not having much of an opinion of him. I'd only seen really, um, oh, my private Idaho, but what's the mosquito coast? Cause he's listed on that one. And I've not seen that one either.
0: Oh yeah. And it has someone else in it. Is it Harrison Ford?
1: It mm, doesn't look like Harrison Just Ford. The dad. Oh, no, you're right. It is Harrison. Wow. That does not okay. look like him on the cover of that movie. Uh, his hair is crazy. Um, Helen Mirren's in it too. Um, Does not have great reviews. Forty nine. No, it does not.
0: That's why I didn't go with
1: it. I am a fan of him so far, though the movies that I've seen, I really have like, I really, really appreciate him. I like him a lot. I am saddened that this is uh, such a small filmography and that he was so troubled um, that he was, you know, OD's on drugs, and it it stinks that drugs have taken so many people from the world, Um, not just actors, mind you, just people. Just that. You know, people are are self medicating, and at age twenty three, what a, what a tragedy!
0: Yeah, he's like a baby, baby.
1: Um, and this is this movie's one year before he dies. I didn't realize that actually. Um, sneakers, came, well, it came out in ninety two, which means it probably filmed ninety one or ninety. Um, but still, like very close to his uh, his death. I guess a lot of his movies are very close to his death, though. And um, I
0: like the like the range of. Like, the range of parts that he chose, too. Um yeah. Like, I love... I think it's called... Thing Called Love. I really like that he did that movie, you know? Set in Nashville. He's trying to be a country music star.
1: Um, yeah, I want to watch that one, too. Um, now, I
0: watched it streaming somewhere, but it was a while ago. Like, a year or more ago. But it used to be on Netflix or something.
1: I have to look for it. But um, with that, we... You know, we didn't love this movie. I, I'm leaning in the middle right now, uh, but we'll see what happens after our spoiler talk. Let's go ahead and do that, Corey. Let's get into spoilers.
0: Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned.
1: So, I don't, I don't even know if that's true. Um, the big twist is that Ben Kingsley's character... Uh, ben Kingsley was the one I read. He was in it, and I saw his name was Cosmo, and I was like, wait a minute. And then, like, Robert Rifford's like, Cosmo was killed in prison. I'm like, well, I understand the plot of this movie now. So... Um, quickly realized that Ben Kingsley character was going to be seeking revenge and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't love, I like Ben Kingsley as an actor. I don't know what accent he's trying to do in this movie, but it is all yeah. over the place. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, because he's been like recruited by the mafia. They, they helped him get out of prison and like, he's helping them get this like hacking thing. And it's, oh man, it's so weird. Like, well, oh,
0: like there was too much going on in this movie
1: yeah because like really we get after him. yeah we get the revenge element of it but then it's like um it's not just revenge and he's gonna let him live but then he's not gonna let him live and you have these like henchmen guys who were pretending to be the nsa and it's just it it is there's a lot going on it's a very like plotty movie especially for one that's listed as a crime drama comedy i'm like maybe too many thoughts like like let's yeah, just let's like go two tops yeah like it's, it's a, well i mean you can make it work but you, like you said there's a lot of story and a lot of plot because then you get liz's character and there's like some weird history between liz and uh bishop but it doesn't really get it doesn't really matter it doesn't you know a lot of it's just like, it's such an ensemble cast as it is do we need to add more characters halfway through the movie like we barely are seeing the the characters who are part of the team and now we get liz in here and now cosmo shows back up and cosmo is like it's unclear if he is the villain, but he's clearly the villain. And then Tobolowski shows up as the date. And there's like a joke about internet dating. Like there's a lot going on in this movie. And again, the weird quirky things like with mother just spouting off randomly about conspiracy theories. Like they come out of nowhere. It's like, we're just sitting in silence. Did you hear about this conspiracy? It's like, dude, seriously, where did that even come from right now? Like what, what triggered that? Um, And it's one of those weird comedic quirks that, that, uh, you see in some comedies, in fact, it reminded me of The Predator from a couple of years ago with um, Thomas Jane's character having Tourette's and he would just like randomly say like horrific things um, in the sake of humor. And that movie is awful. This one is not awful, but it was like these weird, like, if we just have a character who is this it will be funny. And it's like, not, not necessarily like just because you put a a character who's experienced theorist, you put a blind guy in a, in a group that hacks granted you brought up, they do some really cool stuff with that. But Man. it's part of that might be because David Strathairn is a good actor. And that's the thing. The cast is great. And I think they perform well. Um, Sidney Poitier is a very well-respected actor. And I have not seen a lot of his older films. Um, he's one I really need to want. I want to go back and explore a lot of the stuff that got him uh, the Oscar and, and you know, um, in the heat of the night, the movie, not the TV series. And then, um, oh, I feel like that would be a dinner. heavy watch? Sure, sure. But I, I, they're important watches. And I want to go to those for sure at some point. Um, but this is one of the first films I think I've seen with Poitier, actually. And I like them a lot. And I've seen the Jackal. I think I've seen him in like more smaller parts. Um, and he's he's not. Of the lead here, but he's one of the leads for sure. And he is kind of the badass in this movie, right? Like, out of the group, he's kind of the tough guy. Like, he's the smart one. He's uh not the smartest one, but he's like the most sensible, I guess, of the group. Um, especially because of his background. He was a CIA agent uh, I, with a temper.
0: Yeah, I kind of. So, I do like the setup of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you've already said that they. We do think that they are breaking into this bank and they're it's so funny that they like get into the phone lines and even when the young security guard tries you know gets a call or makes the call um that he's actually talking to someone on their team Mm -hmm. and you know that they're actually the good guys because we we've read we've all read stories or heard like oh these hackers get hired by the fbi or you know things like that happening so i thought it was kind of cool and then uh yeah so i thought that was fun but i just i don't
1: know it talked and, too much and again, there is some funny stuff it is a lot of exposition um i i liked like a, the little jokes about them what they wanted if they could get whatever they wanted kind of thing and then river phoenix's young character just wanting a date basically <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> I, I love that and like not even he's 19 and his name is Carl. I thought that people with names like that just came out as adults. 50-year-old yeah, yeah. men. <laughs>
1: like- so he, he's this, like cute naive kid who is a, a talented <laughs> hacker apparently and um yeah and he gets some good moments like he he gets to jump out of ceiling tile and tackle a guy with a gun. Um he almost gets killed by an elevator coming down very slowly, mind you. He just wasn't paying attention. Um like it's little things. Uh, his performance is solid. I liked him. Um, and again, I, I love Robert Redford. I, I've become, I haven't seen a lot of his films still, but the ones that I've seen, I really, really love him in it. Uh, Butch Cassidy, Sunday's kid, as I already mentioned, and David Lowery's Old Man and the Gun, which pays tribute to this type of movie from Robert Redford. Uh, I love that film so much. And uh, so I was, I was into this, but I also like, it, it definitely felt like, I was ready for it to be over way earlier than it was. (sighs) And again, I really didn't feel like the the antagonist of Ben Kingsley's character, Cosmo, worked. I really didn't care. Uh, I was like, yeah, dude, why, you know, it's kind of your fault. Because if you had just gone to get the pizza, you know, like he would have gone to jail.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, man. But what I wanted to say that I thought was funny is I didn't... At first, I didn't realize that the character was blind. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Whistler. Whistler. I didn't realize he was blind. I mean, he's sitting there reading a Braille copy of Playboy, which... I mean, everyone says they just read it for the interviews anyway.
1: (laughs) So, if I'm not mistaken, I'm very... I was very upset by that joke because... I am a big fan of Mel Brooks' uh, various parodies. And I saw Robin Benetides as a kid. And they totally do a Braille playboy joke uh, with his assistant or his uh, housekeeper or whatever is blind. His name's Blinken. And Robin Benetides... Yeah, because, you know, he's Blinken. Um, and the, there's a scene where he's sitting on the john, but there's no, there's no walls anymore because the castle's been repossessed. And so he's just sitting on the toilet like surrounded by nothing but oblivious because he's blind and uh this is our introduction to the character and he's holding a playboy magazine and it's like it's not a braille playboy but it's like a 3d playboy where like he's able to like cup the boob uh to like get (laughs) a a, so so that's i'm like when i see this in this movie i'm like holy crap did mel brooks rip this joke off from this movie because it comes out robin humanitized comes out a year after so i was just like oh no like <laughs> that joke that i've known since i was a kid that i thought originated here apparently originates in sneakers and so i was a little bummed um and it's also i think it it lands better in uh robin and Men in Tights overall because here it's like do they really make braille issues a playboy like or you know because like in robin and Men in Tights, totally didn't I never once thought because it's 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 anachronistic right like there's no playboy in Robin Hood times so the whole joke is stupid we're here it's like well no hold on is that a real thing because I I don't I don't know if that would actually sell like you know what I mean um so I, I I don't know I'm not googling that either mind you so I'm not gonna like look to find out but I was like is there really Braille issues of playboy or is this just a joke? In a movie that's otherwise supposed to be grounded in reality. By the way, just realized that River Phoenix's character is the only one that doesn't have a cool nickname, because Robert Redford's characters Bishop, <laughs> Mother, Crease, Whistler, and then Carl, because they all have real names too. Those are their like code names, and he's just Carl. Like <laughs> that's kind of, poor River Phoenix. Um, Secretly
0: sixty years old,
1: which is probably the joke, mind you, that he's the one without a nickname because he's like the kid or whatever. But maybe
0: he hasn't earned it yet
1: yeah uh probably not but um i i'm kind of done i got nothing else uh it, it was a little long I, I didn't buy into the uh the antagonist or like his motivation like i get that he was bitter but like even like what was the end game just to get him to steal this thing for what he like why couldn't he have stolen it himself there's no explanation as to why outside of it was revenge but it's like yeah yeah but it's not really like it, it's kind of whatever um but it's it's a it's there's some good stuff there's some good set pieces nothing that i feel like i really like that stands out as like i need to talk about this scene though like it's just like well i laughed a few times
0: i feel like though the scenes with whistler were cool like when they yeah. end up finding out how where exactly bishop's character was because of the sounds he heard because he was locked up in a trunk yes I yeah that, that sequence is kind of cool i don't cool. know if it's
1: practical but it was cool um no and like uh even like that there's like the hacking sequence with whistler where he's like you know they're kind of like cheering him on he's like you want to do this and then they go to the next thing that was fine um i think there's a lot of camaraderie between the group and i like those scenes but again they're like they're forgettable but they're like they're enjoyable in the moment um i think those scenes kind of help the movie along because i do like the characters i I was not even mother who's annoying i still enjoyed like the interactions with mother um so again, not a bad movie. I just it wasn't like essential viewing, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: So for me, unless there's something else.
0: I was just gonna say that I feel like this is one of those movies that you go in thinking that it's gonna be great because it has this great cast and then it just really doesn't follow through. I get it kinda, nervous. It kind of answers
1: see- like Sorry, I'm not trying to talk over you. But it kind of answers that, like, why hadn't I seen this before question? Because it's like, oh, because you didn't have to. It's yeah, fine. you're.
0: Because yeah.
1: I don't feel like it's great at any of the things it's trying to do. It's just like fine. Be like, the humor's OK. The crime scenes are OK. Um, There's like almost a weird like inspires Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise a few years later with like him <laughs> having to walk like extremely slow. <laughs> And I, it didn't oh, feel like God. it was played for comedy enough, like, where it was just, like, I I think feel like I'm supposed to be laughing, but I don't feel like it's it's shot in a way that makes me think it's funny. It's just, like, wow, this is really tedious, and I wish this was over. Like, it never felt funny to me. It was just, like, oh, man, I can't believe they went with this, like, slow walking scene. Like, there wasn't a better solution. Because it, it's not tense enough because they're, they're undercutting it with humor. So, like, none of it really clicked for me. It was just kind of, like, okay, yeah. let's get through this.
0: Like, you don't know how to feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, like wasn't I be nervous like, for him? with the mission impossible scene where he's hanging from the ceiling, you're like, you're super tense. And there's no, they're not, there's a couple of jokes there to cut the tension, but the, the moment you're supposed to feel is, is mm-hmm. intense suspense. And I don't get that vibe from this movie at all. Like there's times where I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing right now? Or am I supposed to be on the edge of my seat? Or is, you know, and it wasn't like I was on the edge of my seat and then they, they cut the tension with laughter it's just a hodgepodge of what what should we be feeling at any given time that didn't pull me into the film in a way that was meaningful. Yes. So I I would give Sneakers a decent watch rating. Uh, what about you? Oh, wow. I'm
0: going not a total waste of time. I thought we were going to
1: tie on that one. No, because again, I think there's stuff here. Um, and it's it's very engaging at moments but it it is a little long-winded and i think that's what really hurts it um is that it's a long-winded if if you trim 20 minutes off and maybe tighten up some of the humor uh so that it's clear that we're supposed to be laughing i think this is a really solid film but um at the other side it is a little long-winded and i i would say i'm leaning towards not a total waste definitely more so than i'm leaning towards not quite golden but um i I feel like middling works so um Next week, we're going to be watching Running on Empty, uh, movie number four for River Phoenix Month. Um, I know nothing about this movie. Let's take a look at it real fast before we move on to uh, the outro. Um, Running on Empty stars, uh, obviously, River Phoenix, Christine Lottie, who I do not know, but I do know Judd Hirsch. Always happy to see him in something. Uh, Martha Plimpton shows up in this movie. She's in a lot of stuff. And that seems to be the gist of people I recognize. As a 67 meta score, 7.7 IMDB user score. The eldest son of a fugitive family comes to age, comes comes of age and wants to live a life of his own uh, from 1988. So we're getting kind of young River Phoenix here. I mean, I, I guess all River Phoenix is young. Uh, directed by Sidney Lumet, who is an iconic director to 12 Angry Men that we've done an episode on. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. The original Murder on the Orient Express, and um, I, I've seen only the first movie I listed there. I, I own both Dog Day Afternoon, and I think I own Murder on the Orient Express because um, I wanted to watch it after watching the the recent um, one by the guy whose name is not going to come to me when I need it to come to me. Oh well, because it wasn't good. But uh, this is what we're going to be reviewing next week. Um, you can rent it on Prime, it looks like, or Voodoo for a couple of bucks if you don't have access to it in another way. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. So you can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey.
0: At Corey R Star, two R's on the end.
1: And if you like what we're doing, we would love for you to rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It helps us to get new listeners, which helps motivate us to keep making more episodes and watching more movies because, you know, we do spend quite a bit of money buying some of these movies. Um, sometimes we can get them cheap and sometimes they're on streaming services we already have, but other times uh, we are buying movies that we may or may not like. Um, I got this one for a dollar, so I'm not too hurt of that. I don't love it, but you know, a dollar is a dollar. So <laughs> And it all adds up. It does. So the more listeners we get, the, the, help, the better off we end up being and, and kind of helps subvert the cost that we have to put up. But uh, no matter what, thanks for listening. We appreciate every one of you um, we love some feedback, so hit us up again on that social media stuff. Um, follow me on letterbox. I post everything I watch there that way I don't have to be as long-winded on here. Follow, uh checkbookreviews.com for uh, post. I recently just uh, posted my review of the down of uh, downhill and I'll be posting my review of the Invisible Man, a film that I loved very, very much. Um, and uh, I think that does it. so until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com.